Hi, this is Dr. Mercola helping you take control of your health. And today we have the opportunity to speak to an Olympic athlete, Arkady Vanchanyan. And I probably murdered his pronunciation right. of his name, but uh, That's he, okay. <laughs> he actually medaled a few times in the Olympics uh, and he uh, was uh, representing the Russian swim team. And he is now uh, migrated to the United States and speaks pretty darn fluent English, a lot better than I speak Russian. And I took Russian in high school really? and I don't remember any of it. <laughs> yeah, I went That's to a, cool. I went to a high school with 5,000 guys and they're, you know, and uh, the testosterone was really geared up. And the only <laughs> woman in the school was a Russian teacher. And I went and signed up for that class for two years. And then she left before I got there. So, but uh, that was my own experience with the Russian. So anyway, uh, welcome. And uh, why don't you let us know what, what made you leave the Russian swim team and migrate to the United States? Um, well, it was uh, kind of a thing that I uh, known for. I just couldn't like keep quiet about things that were uh, that was going on in the uh, Russian swimming team and with the old Russian swimming federation and uh, uh, just basically kind of uh, things accumulated uh, over the years uh, and uh, at some point I decided to kind of step away because uh, I couldn't take it any longer and uh, what, what couldn't you take of, I'm sorry what couldn't you take uh, so I just it kind of ended uh, in a way that the Russian Swimming Federation uh, tried to keep me away from uh, qualifying for world championships back in 2013. Mm -hmm. They didn't take me to 2011 world championships on the uh, kind of pretense uh, uh, false accusations. And uh, then in 2013, uh, uh, I, I went to Russian trials for world championship. I, I qualified and then I knew uh, what sort of uh, uh, kind of attitude they had towards me. And I, I just announced that I'm not going to represent Russian swimming team anymore. And so instead of going to world championship, uh, I ended, uh, ended up going to US Open that summer. Mm -hmm. And my time was... Uh, second in the world. Oh, uh, great. At that yeah, def definitely world-class. And uh, that was in the 100 200 meter backstroke. And are you still competing? Because that, that was a number of years ago. Yeah. It was like four years ago. So are you still yeah, at that, that level? Was, uh, that was four years ago. And yes, I'm still competing. And uh, it's it's kind of funny because uh, uh, I still don't have a country to represent because <laughs> I still, so I, I'm, not, I'm not representing Russia anymore since 2013. And I tried to represent Serbia, but that was uh, kind of also my case fell apart because of the International Swimming Federation and their uh, attitude towards uh, changing the so-called sport nationality. And so right now I'm uh, waiting for the, uh, uh, well, waiting for, to, to, to become an American citizen so that I can. You can so participate, so I, represent the U.S. in 2020. Could, yeah. Because, Great. Uh, well, hopefully that works out for you. Yeah, hopefully. Thanks. So there, there's uh, part of the complication that uh, 
precipitated this is this therapeutic uh, use exemptions. And I'm wondering if you can elaborate on that and why some athletes have them. Well, that's not uh, exactly uh, uh, how I, well, why I decided to step away uh, from, from okay. the Russian team, but it's something that uh, deeply concerns me, like, uh, overall. Mm -hmm. uh, this, uh, so, uh, the so-called therapeutic use exemptions, it is a uh, kind of a protocol for uh, World Anti-Doping Agency. And it, it works for uh, professional athletes that participate in the biggest events uh, mm -hmm. that they can uh, use their medications while competing professionally and being taken for the uh, drug tests. Mm -hmm. So the thing is that most of the medications that they are taking are banned otherwise for, for healthy athletes. So the thing is that uh, while uh, like let's say asthma medication is banned for healthy athletes because it might benefit them because it's obviously easier to breathe while you uh, uh, taking this uh, shot of inhaler. So uh, it's it's not banned for people who have asthma or uh, how do you call it like sport uh, sport induced asthma or something like that. So uh, and it's it's kind of a, a common thing I don't I wouldn't call it an, it an epidemic but it's an awful lot of people like on on uh, on this uh, thing so uh, yeah I think they call it EIA like old McDonald's had a farm EIEIA it's exercise induced asthma yes 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 exactly exercise induced asthma so basically uh, like People who have lost their breath while exercising heavy, and uh, of course, when you're swimming, you're uh, kind of losing your breath a little bit, so you you're uh, breathing erratically and uh, deeply. And so, if people who like, to my mind, if people who doesn't know the effect of like fast swimming and fast fast pace running or doing uh, whatever exercise is losing their breath, they might think, oh, I might have an asthma, so I uh, better go talk to my doctor about it. And then doctor will probably end up, uh, you know, writing a pre prescription for the medication. So it's kind of ridiculous a little bit. So you think this is a strategy that some athletes are using to give themselves an unfair competitive advantage? Uh, I'm not sure about the strategy, but like I said, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of scary how many people are actually uh, using this. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and basically I was trying to, uh, uh, trying to explain, uh, uh, well, to a lot of people that, uh, it is possible to, to fight these, uh, uh, conditions with, uh, with natural, natural sure. remedies. So I'm really curious how the food choices, since that's something we focus on quite dramatically, and what I neglected to mention in your introduction is that you uh, have been using a lot of the principles on our website and, and are a fervent subscriber and ad, ad, uh, avid reader. So I'm wondering how you would compare, under heaven, now that you're living in the United States and you, you have a, a natural health perspective, how you would compare the 
food that's available in Russia to the food that's available in the United States? I'll bet many people would be curious to hear your answer to that one. Uh, yeah, so a little history. So back in 2011, when uh, my wife and I came here to the U.S., uh, we uh, sort of took an, uh, uh, I'd say, regular American approach. <laughs> standard, we call it sad, standard American diet. And it truly yeah, standard, is profoundly so. sad and pathetic. Yeah, so uh, we, uh, when we were living in Russia, we were, we were cooking uh almost every day at home you mean uh, to tell me you were eating real food not processed food <laughs> yes we were obviously we were buying stuff from the market because uh in russia uh, uh we have a lot of uh supermarkets right now but in the past there were uh there weren't so many of them so people a lot of people, the majority of people are going well, to markets. That is the ideal where you purchase your food fresh yeah. every day, not processed. And would you say, uh, I mean, that doesn't hardly ever exist in the United States, except for these farmers markets, which are very sporadic and few and far between. Yeah. Unless you're growing the food yourself, which some people do. I, I'm a participant in that process also. And but what, what percentage of the people in Russia are going to these markets? Would you say, what is it the majority? Is it 30%? What percentage? I'd, I'd, I'd say it's a majority of people because... Really? That's great. Be, well, uh, two reasons, I think. It's because uh, these markets are uh, widely available. So mm -hmm. they are in... Uh, in every city basically and they are huge and the second thing it's uh that they are more affordable than going to supermarket which is kind of reverse thing in here in the united states yeah yeah well it's uh, by design i can assure you yeah. so that's good to hear you know when i was practicing in chicago and seeing patients i i absolutely was delighted when i have a new patient coming in from eastern europe or russia because their experience was similar to what you're describing, yeah. and they were absolutely, I did not have to convince them to stop eating processed food. That They were doing that naturally, and they were so much yeah. more pleasant to take care of and cooperative. You know, they didn't have this mental barrier and hurdle to, to overcome. Yeah. So, you know, and I'm glad to hear that that's still going on because that really is the one of the foundational, fundamental keys to getting healthy is to is. eat real food. It's a pretty simple concept, but unfortunately rarely applied in the United States. Yeah, it's also, uh, people have to understand that uh, it is actually really satisfying to uh, make food and then mm -hmm. eat it because it's something that you made on your own and uh, it's delicious. Mm -hmm. so I could. It, well, it can be with a little practice and I'm sure some well, people yeah. are intimidated or just don't have the time or have a variety of other excuses why they prefer to eat, prepare food, either at a, yeah, a fast food restaurant or a ra regular restaurant, yeah. sit down, which is not much better, typically. I mean, they can be, but it's unusual. Yeah, that's the, that's that's what we did when we came here. So we, we started to go to places and uh, uh, like kind of all kinds of different uh, mm -hmm. cuisines. We were trying Chinese and Italian and, uh, and American, obviously, uh, which is... Uh, burgers and fries, oh. stuff like that. And so a Michael Phelps diet, Michael Phelps diet. Yes. Uh, so, uh, did, you, did you ever compete against him? 
A couple of times, but uh, he he is not a backstroker, so he was okay. uh, swimming was butterfly okay. and freestyle and okay. uh, individual medley. So, yeah, but a couple of times when I was swimming freestyle or butterfly, mm-hmm. uh, I was with him. Yeah. Okay. It's not so, like it's not like I could really compete with him because he was obviously faster. But I was yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least you at least you had a chance to compete with a, with someone yeah. like him. That's great. So I'm wondering if when you were participating in this sad diet, the standard American diet, if you noticed any change in your athletic performance or the way you felt. Yeah. So that's the thing. After uh, com- completing the first season here. Uh, so from uh, uh, like September of 2011 until August of 2012, I noticed that uh, while being on the break, I started to gain a lot of weight. <laughs> I, I gained in, in, in a short few weeks, I gained 25 pounds or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it, actually, my wife and I were also uh, uh, noticed the change in our cats, which we brought with sure. us. Sure. Yeah, unfortunately, pets so, are a, 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 a side effect of this effect. Of, yeah, of this so the, they get the thing is that they were they were eating the same stuff they were right. eating in Russia, the same brand, the same brand of uh, dry food. And so we started to uh, make a research and uh, uh, kind of little by little we came uh, to realize that uh, it's, it's all in our diet and... Uh, and so it, it, it was quite a process. Uh, I, I'd say it took maybe a couple of years mm-hmm. for us to kind of have a full picture of what's really going on and how the system works here. But uh, we, we're, we're truly grateful to, uh, uh, to the information that we found and uh, uh, especially on your website, because uh, we noticed that uh, some of the articles that we were reading had uh, a little line at the end, republished from drmirkola.com. <laughs> so we, uh, we actually started to visiting your site and uh, reading about all the stuff and watching the interviews. And uh, uh, even if I'm not willing to talk about political things, uh, we're, we're deeply in politics. Mm-hmm. So we we really like some of the interviews on their on your website. So, well, we don't do a lot of political interviews, mostly health yeah. interviews. Yeah, because it, it to to our mind, uh, it's it's all political right now. Sure. So it's, it's all revolving doors and uh, all this. Well, stuff. politics from the perspective of the uh, iron grip that it, these corporations have on our federal regulatory agencies, which really monopolize the distribution of the food and the control of it and the quality and has the negative consequences on the health of the population. So from that perspective, yes, it's, you know, but it's, it's, I don't necessarily view that as political. I view that as sort of an artifact of the the nastiness of human nature, which is not just America's it's, it's in every country in the world and the the longer a country exists, You know, it's corruption is rampant, conflict of interest, government control. It's just the nature of government. It just does just declines and gets corrupted over time. Yeah. So in the, in the United States is no damn different at all. It is. Yes. But uh, we didn't know that when we came here. And so basically that's why we. Uh, oh, we were surprised. <laughs> yeah, we, we were surprised, but we didn't know that when we came and we uh, sort of uh, trusted the system too much, just like uh, oh, yeah. many people here. So we 
we trusted the system, but then we realized that. Uh, well, it's it, it's that. a testimony to the habits and patterns that your parents ingrained in you, and eating real food for all those years yeah. in Russia, so that yeah. your brain was still functioning at a level where you can comprehend this, because the average American doesn't get it. They do because they've been eating this crap food their entire life, so their their <clears throat> their brain damage essentially, and their ability to cognitively appreciate the deception that they're involved in is really limited. So congratulations well, for figuring it out. You're way ahead of the crowd, <laughs> an average American. I'm I'm glad that uh, we can we can share some of the some of the knowledge and some of the experiences, you know, from uh, from the other side of the world, which has uh, much more uh, native history. Mm -hmm going on so uh particularly in russia it's it's more than a thousand years officially and yeah. officially it's much much more yeah so, yeah i mean we're we're an immigrant culture have only been around for two centuries or so a little over and that's not very long yeah. so i'm i'm curious you know we're going to leverage your experience as an olympic athlete um and what you notice i i, I have a suspicion what the answer is going to be but if you could comment on the food choices available to you in the olympic village as, as an olympic athlete well, uh, the Olympic Village's uh, uh, food choices in the uh, food hall, that, that's how they call it, uh, there are uh, many, many choices there. But uh, when I was there the last time, which was 2012, uh, I, I didn't pay that much attention to the food because I was still uh, sort of, uh, uh, I guess, not thinking about it. So I was just trying to uh, get what is what was delicious for me, mm -hmm. and they have all kinds of uh, national cuisines going on in, the, in that food hall. But the thing is that uh, uh, among all those uh, all those uh, choices, they had a fast food restaurant. McDonald's <laughs> with McDonald's. It, it, yes, it is. <laughs> and it's 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 funny, but uh, it it is one of the sponsors of the Olympic movement, mm -hmm. so it's uh, kind of absurd. Uh, and well, is that, is that politics again? Is this? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, and so a lot of a lot of athletes, of course, were going there because, uh, well, from from, well, you can imagine it's like two hundred plus countries taking part in the, sure. the, the Olympics. So athletes, a lot yeah. of people. Still, a lot of people did not have, uh, I guess, this experience of having uh, McDonald's uh, sure. next next to them. So they, I guess, they were very curious of trying trying it out. So, and how, so, how how does it work? You can go to any venue in the food hall and get whatever food you want, and there's no charge for it. It's sort of a benefit of being yes, one of the Olympic athletes. Yes, it's all for free, and it's a huge, huge hall that can take I don't know, like two two three thousand people at once. Mm -hmm. So, like I don't know, three hundred yards, one direction. <laughs> and you can go anytime during the yeah. during the. And yeah, I think it's open twenty four hours. That's that's yeah. what I remember. So, uh, yeah, I, I 
I should have. Uh, it, it would have been uh, interesting to go to uh, last year Olympics, but unfortunately, because of politics. Yeah. Well, hopefully, there in 2020, we can do another update with you to see how hopefully. it is with your with your increased yeah, because, uh, perceptive acuity as to this food issue. I, I'm wondering if you remember or noticed that any of the athletes who are seriously interested in food as you are now had actually brought their own food or made arrangements to eat their own food and not eat in the food hall. Well, as far as I know, uh, American team brings their own cooks with them. Uh, <laughs> but the thing is that I'm not sure about the quality of their food as well, because I've been to uh, uh, the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. Yeah. And uh, I, was just last, I was just there last week in Colorado Springs. Yeah. It's a, it's a great facility. Uh, great pool, great gym, yeah. great everything. But uh, I'm not sure about the food because... Uh, you know, they have uh, like a little charts there mm -hmm. uh, uh, hang on, uh, upon the uh, like every uh, dish that is offered. And almost all of them says soy, uh, the, like listed as the ingredient. Yeah, I was I, wondering, like, why would you put soy in? like yeah, The simple, an simple answer, because they're ignorant. They have no clue or understanding of the, what, how that complicates uh, well, that was just yeah. That was also unexpected uh, for me because obviously, if you're an Olympic center for uh, for the whole uh, U.S. Olympic team, you should have all the best. Oh uh, sure. So I'm, I'm another another thing that I'd like to discuss with you, especially with your experience as a professional swimmer, uh, you know, coming from Eastern Europe and Russia, because uh, I'm sure you swam there. The I don't remember the timing, but I believe it was the 2016 Olympics, might have been 2012, where there's a, a significant percentage of the swimmers refused to swim in one, I think it was an American pool because it was chlorinated until they switched it from chlorine. And I'm wondering what type of a disinfectant is used in the pools that you were in Russia or the ones in, East, in Europe, if they, if they still uh, use chlorine or if they use like ozone or some other less toxic... Uh, ingredient because that's a big exposure you're in the pool for five six seven hours a day maybe even longer i don't yeah. know it depends on your discipline but that uh, many many hours every day yeah some of the people uh it's uh not not less than four hours a day yeah, yeah. For some people it might be six um in russia and in europe they use uh uh different chemicals, I guess. And in Russia, the, the pool that I swam in uh, was using some sort of a copper based okay. uh, 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 chemical because I remember that my hair were going- uh, Turn blue? Green. The, the roots were green? turning green. Okay, green, yeah. And like, the, so yeah, uh, I, I'm not aware of the story. That, you uh, you may want to get your blood levels tested for serum copper and serum zinc because if excess copper can disrupt your zinc levels. Wow. So any other interesting observations in your transition from Russia to the United States? So you know we just don't get an opportunity to to connect with individuals like yourself who who made that transition. I'm sure many people have and there are many people watching this who probably have but it's it's, it's interesting to hear it hear firsthand from like someone like yourself well uh one interesting observation is that uh you know it it all kind of inter interconnects uh that no nobody here 
believes in uh, well the majority of people don't believe in uh, natural remedies like uh, holistic medicine herbs uh, uh, sound massage and stuff like that uh, uh, good diet as a way to improve your athletic performance or sauna even I mean saunas are really big in Russia and I know, and I know when I was in Chicago there's some decent Russian saunas there that you know that yeah <laughs> mostly the Russians are in there you you can't find any here especially in Florida oh yeah are you in, are you in Florida now or Russia yeah I mean Chicago I'm in, I'm, a, I'm in Florida right now yeah, okay, yeah. I, I, live in, you, I live in Gainesville okay yeah. Gainesville yeah it's a good good place yeah it's it's uh, not too it's a good place to train yes yeah yeah you can do you swim in the ocean uh yeah from time to time yeah we yeah it's much healthier for you much healthier I know it's a little bit more challenging to get your workouts in, but definitely if you're going to do distance, I would do it in the ocean. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's more interesting in the ocean, of course, than uh, yeah. making making countless laps. And uh, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then you get the opportunity, especially up in Gainesville, because you're going to hit in the 40s in the winter. You can do cold thermogenesis. Have you ever done that as a, as a train method to increase your brown adipose tissue? Uh, it's it's common in Russia, like to mm -hmm. you know, to jump in the cold, cold after the sauna. Yeah, Have you, do you, cold, is that something? Yes. My my father used to do that a lot when uh, we we had uh, because I'm I was born in, and raised in far north, okay, like really ex extreme place, uh, uh, very similar to Alaska. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't doesn't grow anything even the trees. <laughs> The, the, the trees are like maybe a few feet tall. That's it. North of Siberia, or it's it uh, it's not Siberia. It's like right on the border. Okay. It's uh, at the Ural Mountains. Okay. So it's still uh, very harsh it's, climate. Yes, it is. It's it's still the European part of Russia, but really far north. Yeah. And so yeah, my father uh, used to do that a lot, and he was uh, uh, making me do this when I was uh, when I was a little kid. Uh, well, you should thank him to, for it. That's a very healthy discipline. Yeah, it uh, it's really good for your body, and uh, I, I I wish I could do that, but not here. Maybe when I have visit, I'll do that. No, you. That's what I'm saying. You could do that in the winter. You, it's not going to get quite as cold, but believe me, 40s will definitely knock your socks off. You got to build up to it. So as as long as you're in the ocean regularly, as the temperature starts to drop, you'll gradually act acclimate to it and it won't be yeah. much of a shock so you know if you were to do it now you'd be in it would be a real challenge i don't know how long you can stay in there but you know if you build up to it, it it's real easy well we uh we, we swim even during the winter months we still uh swim in the outdoor pool so it might and, and be it, not not quite as the same as experience but uh well is it is it heated is the outdoor pool heated? yeah the pool the pool is heated but well tell them to turn the heater off it, <laughs> sometimes sometimes it gets cold when uh, people uh, forgot to uh, forget to turn on the heat it's getting really cold yeah well that's good so, that is yeah. good i mean it's how you you wouldn't want to swim four hours in that but you know no, for 20 30, 20 30 minutes you know that's going to yeah, be well, that's going to really invigorate your body we we have we have indoor pool right next door so uh okay. <laughs> we can use that <clears throat> so uh, well, any other comments about how the site has helped you? I mean, what, what are the, some of the best things you've learned from uh, Mercola.com? Um, yeah, you know, uh, in 2014, uh, uh, 
we, uh, my wife and I had a kind of uh, our eyes wide opened by a documentary you might familiar with uh, uh, the truth about cancer. Oh sure, yeah. We watched we watched that back in 2014, and uh, we started to realize uh, like how how whole the the whole system works. And yeah, I wanted to I wanted to say about the the nutrition and, and the hospitals the difference in the nutrition in the hospital because uh were you, in the, were you in the hospital uh well the difference in nutrition is that uh uh here in the united states they uh they offer all kinds of junk food in the hospitals mm -hmm. and in russia they they pay uh, attention to uh, what they give to the patients, especially cancer patients. Uh, so, uh, like in Russia, for example, they give uh, uh, steamed fish. Uh, there's no junk food. Uh, they give uh, uh, other uh, much more healthier options that that, that are offered here in uh, in America. And, uh, we well. You of course uh, aware of the epidemic of cancer here in America. And, uh, oh sure, so that's why I wrote the book Fat for Fuel, which I don't know if you picked up a copy, but it's really useful. Not yeah. yet, yeah, because it, it, it's not something that's crucial for you because you clearly are burning fat for fuel. So because you're following, well, it's still it's still valuable to share the yeah this absolutely. With but that's the one of the foundational treatments for cancer because it's not a genetic disease; it's a metabolic disease, and they're burning sugar as their primary fuel. So. Unfortunately, it's not a conspiracy, but the, there's just this massive corruption in the in the whole uh, corporate system that the physicians aren't trained in this, and they just don't know. And then the physicians train the dietitians who don't none, neither of them know about this, and they're just yeah, practicing same. outdated, wrong information. It's accelerating the death of almost everyone they're taking care of. It's not solving the solution; it's contributing to it. Yeah. And at the, the, at the same time, spending uh, so much money on the, the yeah, whole industry. Crazy. $3 trillion a year. I mean, we can knock yeah, two thirds I, of that out yeah, easily. Uh, when, when I was uh, watching the first episode of the, the Truth About Cancer and I heard the numbers that Ty was uh, saying, sure. how, I, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. It's just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a real testimony to human greed, that's for sure. Yeah. So uh, that's about all the time we have for today, but I look forward to connecting with you in the future after you hopefully uh, get your American citizenship and, and qualify for the American Olympic team and re can represent the United hopefully. States and medal, hopefully a medal. That'll be great. So, well, Yes, the, the thing with the American team is uh, it's the best team in the world still. And uh, basically anyone who qualifies into the team, they are... Uh, expected to medal at the Olympics. So that would be... Uh, if they don't, they get hit. <laughs> they get slapped around well, a little bit. <laughs> I hope not, but I will do my best. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for all your sharing all your insights and thanks for all you do and uh, good luck in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye now.